Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey everybody, what's going on? Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover and this is the Auburn Undercover podcast. It's the week of the Deep South's oldest rivalry, one of the best series in all of college football. And to talk about this Saturday's matchup between Auburn and Georgia at Sanford Stadium in Athens, I've brought in Philip Marshall and Nathan King. And guys, let's just get right to it. This is a this is an incredible series. The overall record is so close. Georgia 60 wins, Auburn 56 wins, eight ties. Uh, but Georgia's actually won 12 of the last 15 games, including, I think, six straight at home. And what's interesting about that is that for years, Auburn had such great success in Athens. In fact, when you look at the overall all-time record of games played in Athens, Auburn still, despite six straight losses there, is 18-15. and 15. Now, uh, you know, obviously some years Auburn's better than others, some years Georgia's better than others, but Phillip, You've been covering this rivalry a long time. What, what's the explanation, the, 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 the most reasonable explanation for Auburn's uh, woes there since 2005? Uh, you know, Georgia also has a winning record at Jordan-Hare Stadium. I mean, it's been a – before there, – there was a time uh, a few years ago when the record was even uh, all time, where not only was the record even, they were then like – were then like five or six points of having the same number of points over all those hundred and some odd games. It was, it was truly a, amazing how close it was. And uh, before I get to the, these last six, I think, you know, it's rare for Georgia to have many players from Alabama. And though they got uh, Pickens now, who is a great player, they still have only got, I think, got four. Uh, and whereas Auburn has counting walk-ons and everybody has 33 players on the uh, on their roster from the state of Georgia. And it's been that way for many years. Uh, you know, Auburn had won – when Auburn won there in 2005, that was their sixth, sixth win in seven games at, at Sanford Stadium. And, uh, and they haven't won there since. Uh, what's happened? Well, I, th- I think it's a mixture of things. Some years, I mean, 2011, for instance, Georgia won 45-7. They, they, they were clearly a much better team. Uh, but uh, there's been some bad decisions, been some bad luck, been some bad plays. Uh, you know, Kirby's first year, uh, Georgia wasn't very good. And they could have played 16 quarters and Georgia wouldn't have scored a touchdown. But uh, – Auburn throws a pick six on the uh, on the first series of the third quarter, and that's all Georgia needed. And Auburn had moved the ball up and down the field in the first half and only gotten seven points on their first drive. And then they uh, they they couldn't move the ball at all. Well, they couldn't make first down the second half. They continually, for reasons I'd never never have known, they would make four or five yards on first down running the ball maybe three yards on second down running the ball and then throw the ball. 
And Sean White was playing quarterback, and he, he was clearly not full speed. He wasn't throwing the ball well. He had arm issues. And, uh, uh, and so they just didn't score. And finally, their defense got somewhat tired, and Georgia had a couple of decent drives and kick field goals, and uh, so it ended up 13 to seven. And uh, that, to me, in the Gus era, was the worst loss to Georgia. Though the year before at, in Auburn, but we're talking about in Athens, it was pretty bad too. Uh, but. You know, but also some of those six years, Georgia's just been better. And uh, and 2018, Georgia had a better team. And uh, um, so that's where we are. And, I, you know, that may happen again Saturday. I don't know. Georgia's really good. But I, I think that uh, the close games, the close games in that, in that stretch, home and away, the close games have gone Georgia's way. And uh, uh, in that 2016 game, also Auburn was down to playing Stanton Truitt at tailback, who was a who was a wide receiver. So they they had some some issues in that game that weren't that weren't in their control. I feel it. Back in the 1980s, Auburn was four and one at Sanford Stadium. In the 90s, Auburn was four and one. But Nathan, over these last few years, you look at the last trip Auburn uh, to Athens in 2018, scored 10 points, lost 27 to 10. Um, you know, a couple of years before that, lost 13 to 7 the game Phillip referenced in 2016. In 2014, they lost 34 to 7. And that was a really good Auburn team that had just lost to Texas A&M the week before and seemed a little shell-shocked. But the offenses of Auburn and Gus Malzahn have just not gotten it done in Athens, Nathan. Yeah, maybe just a little bit of a of a teaser. I don't know exactly when this podcast is going out, but I know Jason has a story on on second right. half offenses um, in Athens, and and just from not diving into the statistics or anything like that, uh, going off of what Philip has said, I mean, I haven't watched Auburn games forever, but I, I I mean, I know that some of the worst performances for some reason tend to come in Athens, like Philip referenced. Um, sometimes Georgia's teams are better, and sometimes they're not. Um, but it just seems like this place has some voodoo magic on Gus Malzahn's offenses right now. You think of, you know, them playing Sean White with only one arm, um, them just getting stonewalled in the second half in 2018, not able to do much of anything in that one. And then, yeah, like you, like you mentioned in 2014, that was kind of a dejected Auburn team that had lost to Texas A&M, had kind of uh, thought maybe the season was a lost cause at that point. And they scored on the first drive of the game. And then Georgia's absolutely, I think it was Todd Gurley back then, just absolutely blew him out of the water. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a place like Tuscaloosa and a place like Baton Rouge for Auburn right now. I mean, they're, they're three biggest rivals. They're not necessarily um, able to get it done as of late on the road. And I think, you know, kind of transitioning to, you know, the COVID era of this series, this is probably, if you're an Auburn fan, you're looking at it and saying, this is, how, this is when you've got to get it done. I know we talked about that earlier this week, Keith, is that this is a, this is a game where this, this crowd is not going to be the same as it always has been. Um, you're only talking about 20,000 people as opposed to just one of the most venomous, uh, ravenous groups of fans out there. Um, I think Auburn's thinking, look, you've got to take advantage of that. I mean, th this is a series that has cursed them for so long in Athens. Um, they've played, like you said, they've played just really bad on offense between the hedges as of late. Um, and you're talking about Bo Nix looked good in that first game. The offense has some promise. You have to take advantage of it, I think, um, with a good performance. You can't come away 
with a, you know, 230 total yards, you know, low yards per attempt, uh, you know, no kind of running game push. You, you can't come away with a game like that. You at least have to look competent in this game on Saturday. Philip, you've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, we joked a couple of weeks ago that uh, you, you have some interviews back with John Heisman, and that was a little bit of a low blow, obviously. Uh, but I do think you were there for Suge Jordan's introductory press conference. I will say that. But listen, Philip, you've talked to coaches. You've talked to players for decades. Nobody's gotten to know these guys better than you have. How much can be attributed to the psychological part of this? I mean, can a place, can a venue get into the head of not just one player, but a bunch of players? into the psyche of a whole program. Is right. that, is that real? I mean, does here, that happen? Here's, here's something you got to remember. The players on this team are 0-1 in Athens. 0-1. Mm-hmm. They're not 0-6. They don't give a real part what happened in 2016 or 2014. Uh, the Georgia game is very big for Auburn. I've, I've seen some people speculate that maybe Gus doesn't take it seriously enough. I actually think he gets somewhat too uptight about it sometimes. He takes it very seriously. Uh, and obviously, like I said, you got 33 kids from Georgia. And this game is bigger than Alabama for most of them. Now, sometimes that changes over the course of four years. Uh, but it's a huge game for Big Cat Bright or or uh, or the Kobe McLean or numerous other guys or Tyrone Truesdale or uh, lots and lots of guys, and lots of guys that play that play very important roles on this team. And uh, but the question is, you know, I agree with what Nathan said. You don't want that to happen, but Georgia might have the best defense in the country, and Auburn has an offensive line that we've been playing together for the second time and playing their second game with a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Georgia also has a new offensive coordinator, uh, but not a new defensive coordinator. And so we'll see. I, I, I think that I, I think that Auburn's not going to go over there. They're not going to go over there and, and run up and down the field and, and score a bunch, a whole bunch of points. I don't think. If they do, I'll deny. I'll say I was wrong. But uh, but there's no reason to think necessarily Georgia will be able to do that to Auburn's defense either. So I think you're going to probably have a game that's decided by who, who hangs on to the ball, who doesn't turn it over, who doesn't make mistakes, who doesn't give up a cheap touchdown or a big play on special teams or, or something like that. I'll be I'll I'll be I picked I picked Georgia to win. Uh, I would probably pick Auburn to win if they were playing at Auburn. Uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a close game unless it gets messed up by turnovers or some of those kinds of things. But uh, uh, I just don't think there'll be a whole lot of scoring. I, I, I think I picked it 23 to 16 or something like that. And uh, But, I, you know, I don't know. What none of us knows is how much more offense will there be in this game and uh, as far as of Chad Morris's offense. And, uh, you know, everybody knows how big it is. And because really, if Auburn can win this game, they really have a chance to, uh, for this to be a special season. And, and same for Georgia needs really bad to win this game too. I mean, even though they're in opposite divisions, still counts. And Georgia's got to play Alabama uh, this year, which they usually don't. 
plus Florida. So uh, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be over for the loser, but for the winner, it's going to really, it's going to really put them in a, uh, put them at least for now in the catbird seat. All right, good stuff, guys. We'll be right back after this commercial break to further break down the Deep South's oldest rivalry. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Okay, we're back. This is Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover, and this is the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm joined by Philip Marshall and Nathan King. And guys, uh, Nathan, you wrote a story this week about Gus and, and Kirby having some history. It goes back to, I guess, 2010 um, when they were both coordinators. Gus was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Kirby was, I believe, the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And they played, uh, their teams played in one of the most memorable games uh, in the history of the Iron Bowl. But Nathan, do you get the feeling? I mean, look, there, there was some back and forth this week. Do we know whether these guys like each other or not or don't like each other? What, what do we know about their relationship? Uh, I think Philip would probably give you a pretty, uh, a pretty confident <laughs> answer on that. I, I think that looking back um, just on their history, you know, looking at this story, there's almost just as much on the field drama um, as there is off the field. And I think a lot of people would say, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's created through a media storm. You know, you're taking stuff and running with it. Now, there have been some quotes here and there that I think are just silly um, that, you should, that you shouldn't necessarily play off of. This week's being one of them. Um, I think, you know, you can kind of see both sides. We're talking about the whole coach speak thing. I think it was kind of a, um, it was kind of purposeful by Kirby to do that. I, I, I don't, you know, he didn't necessarily have the best attitude when he was responding to it. Um, but then on Gus's side, I mean, that's, that's just something that he says all the time. You know, he, he kind of describes teams like that. And every time there's a really good team, he'll describe them as the most talented team. But digressing from that one, yeah, you, you look back a long way. And, and this is a rivalry that's only gotten better um, over the years, not just between Auburn and Georgia from them competing for the playoff every year, competing for a spot in the SEC title game. It's obviously really important on the gridiron, but yeah, off of it. I mean, there's been lots of interesting stuff. There's been the fake field goal call back in 2018, you know, was Kirby just trying to get a good point differential there or, or was he trying to rub it in their face a little bit? Um, just some comments made back and forth that because this is the SEC and because these are huge head coaches um, with really well-respected programs, it would never reach like a snide level where they would just come out and just straight up say these things. It's always going to be behind this wall kind of respect and everybody being very cordial with each other. But you do wonder, you, you do wonder, that's something me and Philip talked about earlier this week on the phone. You, you do, you do kind of wonder um, what these coaching staffs really think about each other because look, Kirby is a Georgia guy. 
through and through. I mean, Gus is a guy who's kind of indoctrinated into this rivalry from from being in Arkansas, but Kirby is a, is a is a Georgia guy through and through. Um, so disliking Auburn is in his blood. Obviously, both of them have great respect for their their respective programs right now. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a healthy rivalry. That's probably what I'll say is that um, both of these teams have a very healthy disliking for each other right now. Any thoughts, Philip? Yeah, you know, Keith, it's hard for for coaches in rival games uh, to like each other. It just is. Uh, Pat Dye and Ray Perkins were friends before Ray Perkins went to Alabama, and they were friends after Ray Perkins left Alabama. While Ray Perkins was at Alabama, he said that the game, the Iron Bowl, couldn't possibly mean as much to Pat Dye as it did to him because he played at Alabama, and he really knew what it was like. Uh, they were stifling at each other all the time, uh, calling each other and accusing each other recruiting violations and, <laughs> and uh, all kinds of stuff. The good old and days, I think yes. A, a, lot of, a lot of bad blood between coaches, particularly if you talk about like Kirby and Gus, who recruit so many of the same players, a lot of the bad blood comes from recruiting more than it does what's happening, what's happening on the field. And then you have the whole circumstance of, of Kirby having re- interviewed for the Auburn job and, and – uh, as much as some people don't want to believe that Kirby wanted the Auburn job very badly and they chose Gus. Uh, you know, I can't get inside Kirby's head. I don't know what my, what matters to him, but I do know that, uh, that he has an edge about it when they get ready to play this game. And, uh, uh, and I th- I'm sure having played at Georgia, uh, and, and he was, I looked this up just earlier, earlier today, he was two and two. He was two and two against Auburn, and in fact played in the uh, what was then the longest game ever uh, in the SEC, the four overtime and four overtime game in 1996. So uh, uh, I think that's probably part of it. Uh, and plus, and and then not only did he play at Georgia, he coached at Alabama for twice as long as he played at Georgia. So he has a lot of history with Auburn, not just with Gus, but a lot of history with Auburn. And uh, uh, and I expect he thinks that, uh, that he's supposed to beat Auburn, and and for the most part he has. But this didn't. But this 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 problem with Georgia didn't start with Kirby. Uh, it started with Mark Richt, and and who I think won his last four. Is that right? Eleven, twelve. Uh, uh, no, not his last four because he lost in 2013. But, but at any rate, who, who, who had, was pretty much controlling the series and who came to Auburn in 2015 with a team ready to get beat. And Auburn basically gave, gave the game away. Uh, uh, so uh, the, the Auburn-Georgia rivalry is different. It's different than the Iron Bowl. It's different than any other rivalry. There's been so much over the years. I mean, they're playing this game on on Vince Dooley Field. Vince Dooley was an Auburn quarterback and an Auburn assistant coach. When they when they play at when they play at Auburn, they're playing on Pat Dye Field, and he was a Georgia All American. Uh, uh, Shug Jordan came from Georgia to Auburn. He was an Auburn guy who was an assistant at Georgia who came. Who changed the coach at Auburn? Brought a lot of Georgia guys with him uh, on his staff. Uh, 
it, it's just Joel Lee's hired me to Stooley. Joel Lee was the iconic Auburn basketball coach, and people don't believe this stuff these days, and Ian's coach on the football team, in addition to being the basketball coach. And Georgia hired him as their AD, and he hired Vince Dooley, uh, uh, who hired Auburn guys there. Irk Russell was an Auburn guy who became a, a famous defensive coordinator at Georgia before he built the program at Georgia Southern. So there's so, so much of that in, in this series. And, you know, Rodney Gardner is in Auburn right now. He's an Auburn guy that spent 15 years coaching at Georgia. So uh, it's uh, – there's so much crossover. And it used to make for a friendlier rivalry. I'm not so sure that's the case now. But nothing's friendly as friendly as it used to be in college football with all the money and – and everything else involved, but uh, you got that. It's right. always been one of my very favorite games to cover, uh, and there's lots of lots of strange, memor- not so much strange things, memorable things have happened uh, in the series. I mean, Pat Sullivan clinched the Heisman Trophy at Sanford Stadium uh, with a huge game, three, four touchdown passes, and. Uh, um, Bo Jackson probably clinched the Heisman Trophy at Georgia. He had a big, he had a big game. Uh, it was uh, that's just the way it's been, and it's a, it's a, it's a fun rivalry and it's an intense rivalry. And but hey, give give Kirby credit. He has done what he went to Georgia to do, except for winning a national championship, and he has made it harder for Auburn and everybody else to recruit in Georgia. And and. Don't get me wrong, Auburn still obviously has gotten players out of Georgia and they've gotten play the the, the idea that that well Georgia gets everybody they want is a myth, really. I mean they don't get everybody they want, but they get a, a much higher percentage now than they once did. All right, guys, I'm gonna ask you a quick one here. Who do you <laughs> – we don't know what's going on at practice over in Athens. We know JT Daniels has been cleared, one of the uh, preseason Heisman favorites, Jamie Newman being the other, who's no longer uh, playing at Georgia. Uh, Stetson Bennett really actually, I got to say, played a nice game last week, bailed them out big time. Dewan Mathis, the starting quarterback, really struggled in the loss to Arkansas. If you had to guess, again, we don't know what's going on in Athens. If you had to guess, who's going to be Georgia's starting quarterback this Saturday against Auburn? I'd guess the same guy that played against Arkansas. The walk on. You just said his name. What's his name? Stetson uh, Bennett. Stetson Bennett. I would say him. Nathan. Uh, I mean, he, actually, he's a former. I mean, he started off as a walk on at Georgia, yeah. then went to junior. Co- it's really a right. crazy story. Went to junior college, then went back to Georgia, and you're thinking the guy's never going to play. And quite frankly, uh, he looked far better of the two last week. But Nathan, what's your pick? Yeah, and talking this week to to Jake Rowe, who over at Dogs twenty four seven, we did that Q and A on our site. You know, he thinks that the Georgia program really admired Stetson Bennett for a long time um, and kind of saw him coming into this role. Eventually they didn't ever think it would be a starting role. Maybe they thought he would be just a really, really good backup because obviously, like you said, Keith, they've got all these, you know, we joke around the Heisman favorites, but they, they did have high profile guys set to be their starting quarterback. But now you've got the situation where these guys have been pushed out for one reason or another. Now JT Daniels could slide in there. Um, I, yeah, I would think Stetson Bennett probably gets the nod because he, he posted one of the better QBRs in the conference um, for his ability to step in. I know it was Arkansas, but at the same time, that's a really tough situation to be the backup, not be the starter, and be thrown in like that in a game that your team is losing. I thought he did a lot of good things. I, I think he's getting his name 
drug through the mud a little bit too much this week for, for kind of being the third or fourth string quarterback. I think he did a lot of good things in that game. Um, and they're going to coach up things well for him. They're going to make it easy on him against Auburn's defense, try to have some easy throws for him. But he, he showed me a lot in that game. I, I, I was pretty impressed by him. Well, first of all, there's no way in the world they ever thought he was going to be the, the starting. I mean, I, I'm just – let's just call it for what it is. You don't bring in the guys they brought in. You don't recruit the high level they have. He was really brought in as an insurance policy. But credit to this guy. He was not a bad player in high school, very good player in high school. Uh, by all means, uh, uh, by all accounts, the players around him like him. I've covered a lot of these guys. Uh, they say a lot of great things about him. It's a hell of a story. Uh, and, but two, though – depending upon how many reps he got this week and Dewan Mathis got this week and did JT Daniels get any reps? I mean, there's only so many first team reps to go around. And if you're Georgia, that's kind of got to be a consideration as well. Now, Philip, you mentioned it earlier, that Georgia defense is something else. And it really all starts up front. I know they've got a good secondary, but the defensive line's got some real men, linebackers, all guys that Auburn recruited, Quay Walker's one, Monty Rice from up in the, uh, the Huntsville area is another, maybe their best linebacker, probably their best linebacker. They've really got a stout defense, and it's going to be an enormous challenge for Auburn's offensive line. Uh, I mean, you know, what do you do? How do you attack this defense? What do you do if you're Auburn? Have we seen the full arsenal of the Chad Morris offense? How creative does he have to get? Do you have to keep things simple? I mean, I'm throwing about 20 questions at you, Philip, but, boy, that is some defense, and it, it just, you know, you start thinking, what do you do to attack these guys? I'm no expert on how you attack it, but I don't I, – I, well, I know we haven't seen nearly all of Chad Morris's offense. I mean, uh, uh, we didn't see any of the things we heard about all summer about, about throwing to the tight ends or uh, throwing to the running backs. I would expect you're going to see some of that. Uh, you know, it's uh, – uh, I guess Ed Orgeron said this week said, the days of holding teams to ten points are pretty much over, and I and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth to that. And uh, you got to not turn the ball over. You got to be willing to punt, so to speak. I mean, you got to be, you, and uh, uh, and you got to recognize that you too have a have a really really good defense. And I'm not sure that people realize just how good Auburn's defense is. Daquan Newkirk. According to what I was told, was was way way above good against against Kentucky. And uh, if he continues that, because he is a huge, athletic, talented guy, and uh, if he continues that, that'll make a huge difference. Uh, you know, Tyrone Truesdale doesn't get a lot of attention, but you ain't moving him. He is a He's the strongest guy on that team and uh, one of the strongest guys around. Uh, and I, I personally think they had a couple of – they had a couple of busts Saturday, but I think Auburn's secondary is as, is as talented as any they've ever had or had in a long time. I shouldn't say ever, but had in a long time. So – but now they're going to talk about Auburn's defense. Georgia's defense, obviously, they got great players. They recruited great. Uh, it's just a chess match. You have to try to take advantage of whatever it is you have to figure out what they're trying to do to you, then try to take advantage of it, and then they're going to figure out what you're doing to them, and vice versa, and then and uh, and then we'll see what happens. I I, th- I do think Auburn Auburn needs to be able to run the ball, but I would say that about any team in any game, uh, you have to be able to run the ball enough to keep the defense honest. Because uh, if you if you go over there and throw it 45 times, you, you're not going to win. 
Nathan, would you would you sit back and uh, and rush for and, and let Stetson Bennett uh, make decisions, or would you would you try to force the issue with him? I mean, you know, Kevin Steele's got his own style, obviously. But if you were Kevin Steele, what would you do? Yeah, I think that's – I mean, talking about Kevin Steele and his ability to make adjustments, I know that's kind of a cliche for, for any coach around the country, but that's kind of something that Auburn's been hanging its hat on for this game is that, look, they're treating this like it's game one because, like you said, Keith, they have no idea who's going to be the starting quarterback. You can assume it's Stetson Bennett, but, I mean, you could have any number of these guys playing in this game. And so Auburn is going to lean on Kevin Steele um, and his ability to adjust because that's what they did against Kentucky – um, you look back in just the past few seasons in, in the first few games of the year, you look at even Oregon last year, they came out and blasted Auburn for two touchdowns early. And then Auburn's able to readjust um, talk, going off of what Phillips said. I mean, there's tons of dudes on this Auburn defense. Um, there are so many talented guys there. Um, you know, it's one of the most talented groups around it, not necessarily the most experienced gelling with each other, but in terms of individual talent, talking about a guy like Jamie and Sherwood and, and KJ Britt, and maybe even Daquan Newkirk coming on. These are some strong and talented guys. It's just all about getting them in the right game plan for this one. So, yeah, I would think that Auburn is really, really happy it's got Kevin Steele in its corner um, for this game just because of his ability to adjust in the past. Um, and you don't really know what to expect in this game. And so, I mean, Georgia's got a good running game, and they've got some good – I think they've got a little bit maybe of an underrated receiving core this year. I like Karis Jackson a lot. I like Demetrius Roberts, and obviously everybody knows about George Pickens. Um, I think there's going to be some great, great matchups in this game, but it all goes back to what Phillip said about the chess match. Um, you know, both these teams have really, really good defenses, and you've got to be in the fourth quarter if you're Auburn. Um, their special teams look good last week. I, I think punting right now is no small thing. You know, the former punter and Gus Malzahn, I think he understands um, the importance of that. And so you have a team that played clean last week in Auburn, no turnovers, um, forced three of them, and, the, and their defense played really solid down the stretch. I don't think there's really a situation where Auburn gets blown out in this one or, or they don't find a way to be in it in the fourth quarter. I think this is going to be an exciting finish um, no matter what. And if you're Auburn, you're happy with what Bo Nix did in the first game too. Um, you think maybe he can create some magic on the road. He, he's certainly done it in big games before. Uh, now, Philip, unless Georgia's got another Heisman contender at quarterback that we don't know about, they're going to go into this game putting a guy out there to play that position uh, that's not going to have played in a game of this stature. We know that. If it's Mathis, if it's Bennett, or even if JT Daniels. I don't think it's going to be JT Daniels. Well, I don't either. But they don't have a guy that's played in a game of this magnitude against this kind of opponent. But Auburn does have a guy at quarterback that's played that, in these big huge. games. There's no let's question. talk about that. There's no question that's big. Uh, that might be the biggest thing for Auburn in this game. Is they, 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 have, they have a guy who's been there. They're, they're – players believe in him. He played in really big games before and succeeded. Uh, he's also learned the hard way about what can happen. And uh, that's huge. And I don't think, you know, I agree Georgia has a good running game, but I don't think they got the running game they've had the last few years. Uh, they don't, I don't, I don't see anybody like the, like the backs that they've had uh, really ever since Kirby's been there. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Nathan said, that he, he doesn't see it being a blowout. The, the only way there's going to be a blowout is if it's fueled by turnovers. If, if, if one side turns the ball over, if, if one, side, one side turns the ball over three times and doesn't get any back like, like last Saturday, they're probably not going to win, whichever one it is. And uh, 
Uh, so that's going to be crucial. Not getting penalties at the wrong times is going to be crucial. Uh, the punting game is going to be crucial. If you got to kick a field goal, making it is going to be crucial. In these, in these kind of games, everything is crucial. And uh, uh, because one 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 play can can be the difference. And uh, you know, it, it, I, I, I don't have any question in my mind that Auburn players are convinced that they can win and plan on winning. Uh, and like I said, that's, it's a huge thing for all those guys that are from Georgia to win this game. And uh, uh, as you would imagine, you know, Kirk Kirby has recruited more in Alabama than past Georgia coaches, and he's got the kid from North Alabama, and he's got Pickens, and uh, uh, who I'm sure will get his oil checked in the game because, you know, he was he was he he. The, I think they were already viewing him as their teammate at Auburn, and then all of a sudden he went to Georgia. So, uh, uh, but it's going to be fun. I think you know the Pickens uh, Seth Williams comparison is going to be is going to be interesting. I mean, you can't play much better than Seth Williams played last Saturday as a wide receiver, and uh, that's a a difficult situation. That Pickens is the same way when you got a wide receiver that is not only taller than all your defensive backs, which is normal, but can also out-jump all of them, too. And uh, it's hard to defend. And, you know, and you got the speed Auburn's got at receiver, Seth at receiver. I think Auburn's got if – you, if you compared one through 85, I'm sure Georgia would be more talented than Auburn. But the players that are, that are going to be on the field – I, I think Auburn probably matches up pretty well. Auburn has a lot of great players out there too. And uh, it should be a fun game and it should be an intense game and be fun to watch. All right, I agree with that. Nathan King and Philip Marshall, thanks for joining me. This is Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover and we appreciate everybody listening to the Auburn Undercover podcast as everyone prepares and braces themselves for another version of the Deep South's oldest rivalry Saturday evening in Sanford Stadium, Athens, Georgia. Should be a great one. Two top ten teams. Again, guys, thanks for joining us. And everybody take care and have a safe week. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.